Geek Nerdery. Player one, press start to play. I got my uh, Dr. Wiley coaster and my Mega Man toy here. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? (laughs) Like an old lady at bingo. You got all your charms and shit just on. That's right. (laughs) All right. Uh, So welcome to Graveyard Duck episode number 16. Um, With you as always, my name is Scott. And I'm Wes. And uh, this week we are covering what, I mean, hands down, one of my top five games of all time. Um, Mm absolutely love this thing this was my pick and we are talking Mega Man 2 um mm-hmm. developed published by capcom so this was released in japan in december of 88 uh the u.s june of 89 europe didn't get a copy until january of 91 so that's super late yeah very late especially for the rest of the Mega Man franchise um i know we were probably were we pretty close to even getting Mega Man x by that point X? No, X wouldn't have come out until, oh gosh, I don't know, what, 91, 92? Well, right, that's the European release, so would have yeah. been. Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. So It's funny how that stuff works. Like, I mean, uh, now release dates are, are set in stone, you know, so far in advance, but back then it just, you know, it was kind of scattershot, just depending on the region. Right. Yeah, so known as uh, Rockman 2 in Japan, mm-hmm. um, Doctor or the mystery of Dr. Wily. Um, I no nozzle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, what a, what a weird title. And then I guess if you see the air quotes twist ending at the end, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a mystery. I'll give it to him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. over here, we just got Mega Man 2, no subtitle. Um, although we did get that uh, absolutely wonderful artwork on the uh, cover. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, between that and the first one, it's just, it, it's yeah. so bad, it's good. You know? It's it's the perfect follow up to the 
box mm-hmm. art for Mega Man 1. Um, yeah. If you've ever wanted to see uh, Mega Man brandishing a Walther PPK, um, you know, this is it. So, um, in fact, shooting posted... at superheroes. I mean, those oh, aren't yeah. even robots he's firing at. Like, these are just right. guys in suits. <laughs> really tight suits, too. It's kind of weird. But uh, uh, no, earlier this week, we posted um, a little uh, snippet that I found from. Um, uh, Nintendo Age did an interview, I think, at the Portland Retro Game Expo in 2012, and they interviewed um, the artist that that drew the uh, box art. And it's kind of an interesting story because mostly, um, you know, it was kind of just somebody else just kind of told him it's like they were watching a preview of the game, you know, being played, and it's like, well, uh, it looks like he's shooting a gun. He's he's firing a gun, so I want you to just draw a gun in his hand. And you know, he's like, really? Okay. So um, had it done. Yeah, it's basically like he's firing something and it doesn't look like he has a rifle. Therefore it right. must be a pistol. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very clearly, you know, an arm cannon, but uh, you know, that's, that's part of the charm of it, you know? You know, and it's funny how many stories like that happened here in the U S with regard to video game releases. Like sure. it just very little research was done at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the kid Icarus, you know, games you know he is very often referred to as just kid icarus like they didn't even get his name correct um i love i know you weren't a big fan of the cartoons growing up but like i always i loved all of the old nintendo themed cartoons and the um the super mario brothers 3 cartoon is notorious for this because all seven koopa kids are there but they don't have the names that we know them you know larry wendy all of that Mm. because same thing. They had a you know copy of gameplay footage, but didn't have the instruction manual, didn't have translations. So they're just like, well, let's just come up with names based on how they kind of look, and yeah. those yep. names became you know just kind of stuck with regard to the cartoon and mm. carried all the way through into Super Mario World and everything else. But yeah, it's it's funny how that happens, and you know sometimes it's cases of they wanted to air quotes Americanize the artwork so that it didn't scare us, you know westerners but um yeah well, i don't I know too, i video games were still kind of looked at as toys uh for you know a lot of the late 80s i think so there wasn't really a i don't think there was a lot of serious effort on behalf of a lot of publishers to to kind of give it you know depth or, or story it's like okay this is a right. product for kids so let's just come up with you know some names on this real quick and let's call it a day yeah, yeah and also like if something like you know to use mega man as an example the art artwork for all the Rockman games, like he's a very, you know, happy, cartoony, anime-looking robot. Um, mm-hmm. And I think some of their thought process too was that that wouldn't sell over here, or that we wouldn't take it seriously. And I mean, there might be some truth to that. Like, I don't think anybody really looked at the Mega Man or Mega Man Two artwork and thought just how ridiculous it was. I mean. We knew it was terrible. Like any kid looked at this and it's like, well, he doesn't have a gun. And why the hell does he have like a police helmet on? But <laughs> um, I don't know. Like beyond that, I, I, the, I don't know. What do you think? The cartoony anime style of, you know, Rockman, would that have sold here or? You know, it's hard to tell because I think more, you bring up a good point, but I think it's really more of an issue of timing because um, I think at this point we didn't really, we were still a couple of years away from, uh, sort of that that first big anime invasion, um, you know, what was like Akira and um, a lot of other shows and a lot of like the OVAs and stuff like starting to 
break into um, sort of uh, our pop culture, I guess. So right. you know, before this, you kind of had Robotech and a few other things here and there. But um, I think it's just more of, um, you know, we just weren't exposed that much to the art form yet. So had it been a few years later, you know, I, I don't think it would have been quite as shocking, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, another great example is from a previous episode we did. Th- look at Wizards and Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, know, yeah. Compare the cartoony artwork of Arthur on that one to the uh, Fabio-looking barbarian on yeah. our artwork. But mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, so we're kind of jumping into it, but let's take a step back and talk some nostalgia, because I'm sure we both have tons of it. So what are your early <laughs> Mega Man 2 stories? I have, you know, I have a weird bit of nostalgia with this game, actually. Um, I didn't actually own it for a long time, but um, I remember following it through um, Nintendo Power, and I had I had rented the first game. I didn't own it. And see, it's, it's kind of weird, I guess, now, because uh, back then, with earlier games in the Nintendo life cycle, you just, it's like you didn't really see them for sale in stores a lot, like after you know, after they might have come out, I don't remember seeing the original Mega Man for sale anywhere. Like, I rented it, but, um, you know, and, and reading further into it, like now, like, you start to read about limited cartridge supplies and, and things like that. So, like I said, I never owned the first one, but I remember we were on vacation in Tennessee, I think it was, and this would have been probably 89 or so. And I remember we were in a mall, and I saw, and I went into KB Toys, and they had Mega Man 2 there. And I was like, oh my God, Mega Man 2, like, it's out, it's here. And, you know, that was the first time that I saw the box art. And I didn't really think of anything of it. It was it was more like just the way that the title reads on the box. I mean, it's just giant orange and yellow letters and a giant 2. It's like, oh my God, Mega Man 2. It's like, you know, I really wanted that game and everything. And I, I didn't get it, obviously. But I wanted, I put it on my Christmas list. I was like, I wanted Mega Man 2 and I, I'm looking forward to it. But Christmas came around and my grandparents got me a game and it wasn't Mega Man 2, it was pro wrestling. So, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was, like that's what I always associate Mega Man 2 with um, at first is, is the crushing disappointment, disappointment. of Christmas. <laughs> of, you know, opening, you know, what I thought was Mega Man 2 and, and seeing uh, fighter Hayabusa on the cover and uh, pro wrestling. But um, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's a very weird bit of nostalgia that's stuck with me over the years but uh i don't know and i rented it quite a bit I had friends that owned it and uh rented it and we played it quite a bit too so it was pretty much like like owning it but on the other hand i don't think that i lent out my copy of pro wrestling uh very much because you know back in the day like you could trade games with your friends but you had to have something that they wanted to play and i don't remember <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, you have Ninja Gaiden. Uh, can I borrow that for a couple of weeks here? You could borrow pro wrestling. Well, that didn't really fly. So I don't know. Like I said, it's it's weird. I have a weird history with this game. What about you? Um, yeah, this I, I'm kind of like you. This is one that I never owned the first Mega Man. Um, in fact, I never even had it available to rent. Um, mm-hmm. It was just so obscure and like gone by the time I got my Nintendo for Christmas of 89. Uh, I had one friend that had a copy of it or borrowed a copy, something. And Mm -hmm. I played it once there, but it's like, that was my only childhood memory of the original Mega Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had Mega Man and Dr. Wily's revenge for the game boy. So I still, that was like my one way to play against 
cut man, fire man, elect man, and ice man um, were the four that were in that version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't until I was an adult that I was able to actually get a copy of the original Mega Man. Yeah. But Mega Man two, uh, the the two funny nostalgia things that I have about this game are number one, this is the first NES game that I have a memory of getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I didn't get it with my NES, so I would have had you know Mario and Duck Hunt first. But like, I don't remember getting my NES. I don't remember any of the games I got prior to that. Mm-hmm. This is the first one I have a memory of actually opening it for my birthday at my grandma's house and just. Like I can't walk into her basement where I was sitting without immediately thinking Mega Man Two. Like it just yeah. it's that ingrained in that memory. Um, and the other memory that I have of this game, and one to go back, like I was just kind of as excited as you were, like to just sit there and just hold it. And it's like mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. didn't have a Nintendo and lived three hours away from me, so <laughs> it was agonizing to just stare at this box and read that right. instruction manual with black and white artwork and it's just like over and over and over and over again even like the fcc regulations like i was just like i'm gonna read everything yeah like reading those over and over and um yeah the the car ride home just looking at the back of the box like just imagining what the game i I started i don't know i started getting out you know my pad of paper on the drive home and i was like drawing all eight robot masters because they're in the instruction book like over and over on the way home but um the other funny memory i have of this is it was thanksgiving one day and our whole family had come over to our house uh, to eat and i remember that like i was down in the basement playing mega man 2 and it was the first time i ever got to dr wiley's lair and okay. uh, my parents were like okay scott it's time to come up and eat and i'm just like no and it's like like I think we were all there where they said like four five, six times later, like, all right, now we mean it for real. Like get up here. Uh-huh. And they're like practically yelling at me to come upstairs as I got to the dragon for the first time mm-hmm. and obviously didn't kill him and died and had to go up and eat my stupid Thanksgiving dinner. But the whole time I'm just sitting there just like both so mad that I died and I have to go through that whole stage again, but also just like my brain spinning from like, Oh my God, I finally made it to Dr. Why this castle. I wonder what's after this. I wonder how you killed the dragon. Maybe next time I'll try using this weapon and just like, it just obsessing over it. But right. Yeah. I will never forget that Thanksgiving sitting there getting to the dragon for the first time while my mom yelled at me to come up and eat. (laughs) Scott. Like what? (laughs) One more. I, I can't. I can't pause. It. I gotta. I gotta play one more. <laughs> right. Uh, no, if I pause, I'll I still pause. do that to my wife. Yeah. Parents have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's funny. That's a good one. Um. Yeah. And I mean, so ever since then, this has been just five games without question. I play it over and over and over again, at least a half a dozen times a year. Mm-hmm. Um. Can do it in my sleep. I just. I love it. I play the the easy mode when I just want a quick half an hour playthrough. I'll play the difficult when I want a little bit more of a challenge. Um, I haven't quite gotten to the uh, no death playthrough, but I can do the no continue playthrough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's the everything about it. I I could gush for hours, but I just absolutely love everything about this game. So okay, so I got to ask you the important question then: uh, e tank usage or not? Like, do you, do you find yourself relying oh, sure. I'll use on the e-tanks? Like, if you're in a pinch, do you do you use one right away? Yeah, because usually what I try to do is, I mean, every time I'm playing it now, I'm 
still kind of trying to go for that no death run. Mm-hmm. So if um, I'll usually ignore the one ups as I see them laying around because well, if I'm trying for no deaths, I don't need extra lives. But yeah, um, yeah if I I'll pick up all the things I find and. You know, it's it's funny too because every time I play this, I've noticed that I have the same path through the stages, and oh, yeah. it always yeah. just takes me right to all of the e tanks. But um, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll use them if I need them, and it's it's not terribly often that I do, you know, because I found yeah. I find that I'll have like all four slots filled, and then I'll pick up another one, and it's just kind of wasted. But um, yeah, to to go for that no I'm death the, run, I'll I'll use them if I have to. Yeah, I I. For some reason, every time I play Mega Man 2, I try never to use the E-Tanks. And I don't know why that is. Um, if I just, you know, kind of look at it like, oh, I don't I don't need this crutch or whatever. Like, even if I get to a boss and I have just, like, a little bit of health, like, I'll, I'll still test it, you know, to try to remember, like, what the pattern is and stuff like that. But I never use them for some reason. Like, I would rather just die and restart and kill the boss with a full bar of health than use the E-Tank in the middle of the fight. And I don't know why, but... Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, this is a good game for being able to play it different ways, you know, and have different strategies or whatever, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You could also go through and, you know, use the no the no weapons uh, playthrough. Because this is also, uh, of all of the Mega Man games, like, this is the one where I don't feel like any of the eight bosses are really all that difficult without, you know, a secret weapon. Um, in, in a lot of the others, it's very obvious. Like, you have to start with this particular boss because he's the only one that the regular gun does anything to. Yeah. Um, whereas in this one, I feel like they're all... What's that? I said, unless you're playing on difficult, then it becomes a lot tougher, though. Because you're... Yeah, you're a little bit, yeah. Um, dead. But yeah, it's still doable, though. But yeah, I just find that, like, all of them can, can fairly easily be taken out with just the regular gun. So... Mm-hmm. There's not like when I play through it. There's not like always that one guy that I start with. Like I can switch around the order, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, especially when you start looking at the ridiculously overpowered metal blade okay. and how it's pretty much the weakness for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So and it, I mean, it almost very, completely breaks the game because uh, it barely costs any energy to throw them. You can throw them in eight different directions. Right. You know. Right. Uh, no, you brought up a good point though yeah, the, about um, the uh, about being able to use the the Mega Buster on just about any of the bosses, and I agree with that. And I kind of have a feeling, as far as with regards to the first six Mega Man games, I think there's a clear distinction between the first three and the last three, and I think it especially relates to <laughs> the charge shot. Once you get to Mega Man four, five, and six, I feel like you're you're more uh, encouraged to use the full powered up shot, so it's not quite as um, I don't know you you. You can't do um, a no weapons run as easily, I, I feel like, in the later games. And I think that's, I agree with you. I think that's the strength of part two, especially, is that, um, you know, with a good amount of skill, you can get through it without having to use a lot of the extra weapons for, for an added challenge. Right. Um, although, like, w- what's interesting about Mega Man 2 is, and I don't know how this really compares in some of the others, it's like, I feel like a lot of the weapons in this one kind of have multi functionality Mm. um it's it's not just a weapon and you know mega man one is a good example of where pretty much all six of those are only going to be used offensively um here you're not going to be throwing i think most of them have another 
No, you know, and Guts Man's obviously only use is to pick up a big rock and throw it at an enemy. Um, But I feel like here, you know, other than maybe a couple of the weapons, they all have another purpose that can help you get through stages. Like pits, like using Bubble Man's bubble lead to let it crawl on the floor and it'll fall down the pit and show you where that is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Crash Man or Clash Man, whatever you want to call him, like he's got those bombs break walls in a good number of the stages. Uh, Flash Mm -hmm. Man's freeze is very useful in time. So, I mean, it's a very utilitarian kind of system uh, that actually kind of helps you navigate the stages. And I think that goes back to what we were saying too, about how there's not a, a right order to play these bosses in. And I find it funny that, you know, usually, you know, flash man is one of the first one or two bosses that I go after. Um, I don't know why it just always is. And Mm -hmm. every time I do, there's like one or two of those walls that I can never get because I haven't killed Clash Man yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, likewise, I think it's in Metal Man stage, which I usually do pretty early. There's a one up that I can never get to because I don't have item two yet and or item one or item two. And so there's just like certain power ups that every time I play the game, I walk right past them. And it's like, you know, I've never done this stage in an order that would allow me to get that. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of funny. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I even just thinking to myself, like, um, when I played this a lot, I always started with Airman for some reason. And then I went to Bubble Man and Heat Man and from there. And then I started doing things different. I would go to Metal Man first and then I'd go to Flash Man and then, you know, Quick Man. And and yeah, like you said, there's there's different routes that you can take. And depending on um, which ones that you do first to get the certain items and things like that, it... Uh, it's kind of fun, and that, I think that's what it makes it enjoyable to keep coming back to over and over. Is um, you know you can you can try it in a different order, and it's it's not going to break the game that much. Yeah, yeah, I think it is funny that there's just some consistency every time I play it though. Like for whatever reason, Heat Man is always the last one I do, huh. and I don't know why it just always is. And okay. like I always do him after Airman because I want item two to get over that lava, um, but. Otherwise, I don't know why I do Heat Man last. Like his atomic fire is actually really good against Woodman, but I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like that's always the last one. Yeah, like for me, it was always uh, Quick Man was one of the last ones that I did because I hated going through the uh, the stage. I mean, as far as the beams and stuff that come out at you, I can always do it for the most part. But like just when I'm starting the stage, I'm just like trying to psych myself up. Like, okay, I got to move fast. And I got to remember where to land on each level. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Quick Man is one of those that as a kid, I found the fight against him just impossible. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why it, I don't know why it is because he's actually pretty vulnerable to the main weapon. And if you use the time stopper, then, you know, he, that'll take half of his life down. But I just could not beat him when I was a kid. And it's, it's just funny <laughs> how you're, and it's because he's quick. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like he's kind of a piece of cake now, and it's like, okay, he'll hit you a couple of times, but who cares? Um, mm-hmm. But that was another big milestone for me is the first time I beat Quick Man. It's just like, holy crap, like, I can't believe I did it. So, yeah, yeah, growing up, he was always the last one because he's the only one I couldn't manage. That's hilarious. But I don't know. Do you have a favorite of the eight? Favorite boss? Um, yeah. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I, like, I would say Metal Man's probably my favorite. But it's not my favorite stage, if that makes sense. I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, just because, and maybe, you know, the other thing I was thinking of is, um, you know, playing through this as a kid, like you always kind of, um, 
associated like graphics with different things or whatever. So like on the the robot select screen, I always thought Metal Man looked like some kind of like crazy like doctor or surgeon yep. because like instead of that metal blade on his head, it always reminded me of, like the old time like mirrors that like the surgeon or the doctor would wear, you know, when they're operating on you or something. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So it was like I don't know, like I was associated like it, with like item three, like I always called it the candy because it, it looked like a <laughs> candy, like with the little bows sticking out on either side, like like a piece of hard candy that you get from your grandma's that's fucking terrible. Yep. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, there's just something about even though Metal Man just doesn't really move, he just kind of jumps up and down and throws blades at you. But I think it's just the combination of like the way he looks and the sound of the metal blades coming out. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I um, I mean, I've, I've always liked Bubble Man just because of the stage. I think that the the water level is a lot of fun. But yeah, I, yeah. I think because he traumatized me so much as a kid, I now have a really strong respect for Quick Man. He's kind of become my favorite. Sure. Okay. What would uh, what would be your worst one? What's your uh, least favorite? I think Flash Man, just because he's so generic. Yeah. Like he's even the fight against him isn't that fun. Like he just the beam that he shoots is kind of just the regular beam, only it's really fast and machine gunny. Well, and all he really does is he just kind of pressures you. He just kind of like wants to be right where you are. Like he just, yeah. So I don't know. I think he has the least flavor, the least personality, Um, even the look of him. He just kind of looks like the prototype of Mega Man in terms of his aesthetics. So, I mean, and I think Mega Man too fits in this, you know, kind of interesting slot in the franchise because you could tell they were starting to get a little bit more creative and it, it wasn't near as repetitive and generic as Mega Man one. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stages had a lot of creativity, things like those big air tickies and the little gremlins, like the, the big heads you jumped on an airman stage. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just a lot of really clever and creative enemies. Yeah. Um, but it was a still, that, that's a technical issue though, because the first game had a much smaller, um, memory size to work with and then it was uh doubled for the second one sure sure uh and and i think once they just kind of got more ideas of what to do you could tell that they were you know getting more creative and experimenting with a lot more stuff Um, Mm -hmm. but it still wasn't quite there yet and then by the time you get to three you know they really are playing around with all sorts of stuff to where those characters have tons of animation tons of you know you know some of them have two or three different attacks um Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, by the time you get to four and on, it's just like absurd in its number of gimmicks that are you know thrown throughout every stage. So I think this found yeah. a, a nice little sweet spot where, yeah, you've got some really clever and creative things, but unfortunately, you still got some generic things like, you know, Flashman. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is, um, and I don't know how much you've read on like the history of this, but um, a lot of it's out there to read, which is really interesting now, but... Um, Something that I thought was interesting, I learned kind of just doing research for the show, was that uh, Mega Man 2 was really just kind of a passion project. It was uh, the first one sold decently well, but, um, you know, nobody really greenlit a sequel right away. And then they were kind of given the go ahead to work on it, you know, in their off time, you know, um, after business hours and stuff like that. So it, what I learned is it kind of became a bit of a passion project for most of the dev, the dev team. And I think they had it done in about four months or so. I could be wrong on that. But um, so obviously, yeah, there's some room for things that got cut. But after reading that, like I had a much deeper respect for this game uh, as far as, you know, sort of working on it 
after hours on their own time, you know, kind of doing what they wanted to do in the first game and improving on it and stuff like that. So I, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, that's really neat. And, yeah, and I mean, it's that, that's impressive too, considering all of the you know creativity that's thrown you know throughout. Yeah, um, you've you've got some obvious throwbacks. Like I think th- this didn't mean anything to me as a kid because I hadn't played through Mega Man One yet. But I think mm-hmm. now in hindsight, getting to the guts dozer in Doctor Wily's castle yeah, is great. Is so cool. Like that they took one of the robot masters from the first one and basically like rebuilt him as this giant tank. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's super cool. Um, you know, and Gutsman would continue to show up throughout the franchise in different forms, but yeah, um, you know, so I, I think that the, the big dragon, you know, was, was very cool. I think oh, that the, sure. the, the, the idea of, you know, this was the first game where you actually saw Dr. Wily's castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Kind of like we were saying with, you know, when we talked about Contra, you know, the the Famicom version or, you know, the map of ghouls and ghosts, things like that. I really appreciated and liked the fact that as you're playing, you know, through Dr. Wily's Castle, you saw the, um, you know, the line would show you the trajectory of where you're going to go. And it's like the first stage, it's going like horizontally along the ground and then up the wall and then to the right. And you just think like, oh, it's just drawing a pattern until the one day you realize like, oh, no, here I go. I'm walking on the ground, then climbing up the wall and then going through. So it actually does, you know, show the trajectory that you're going to go through the stages. And by the end, you're down in like the sewers underneath and, you know, the the radiation dumps like with the big fans. And I mean, it's just it, it's very cool. And it feels like you're actually in a, you know, a layer rather than just random generic stages. Yep. No, I totally agree with you. And even just from the first minute of seeing Dr. Riley's castle and seeing the big radar dish, like as a kid, I'm thinking, it's like, wow, he has satellite TV in there. Like, <laughs> I bet he gets HBO. Right, right. So, uh, but like seeing like the different lines and the the points, and you're like, oh man, I've got like you know five stages. I don't, I don't know what's in store for me. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. the mystery of it, and the fact that even from Wiley stage one, like you were asked to use all of your tricks and knowledge up to that point um, to navigate it. And it's like, okay, now the real game begins, you know? Right. Yeah. And it, and I like that. I think, you know, Dr. Wiley's stage is very clever because it requires you to use a lot of the weapons that you found. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't all have a purpose, but for the most part, it's like, you're not going to get through there unless you figured out the best way to use items one, two, and three. And, um, you know, yeah, just different different things like that. Like it really does take some skill to get through there. Yeah. Um, and I think that the only thing that I found disappointing about the game is that uh, all of the other Mega Man games definitely, like I said, they definitely have the the formula where every monster has a weakness. You know, the eight bosses all have their weakness, and the bosses within Doctor Wily's castle all have a weakness to the point where, like, usually one weapon works, the rest of them don't at all Mm -hmm. and i feel like this is not that case like you can pretty much use you know for the most part at least three or four different weapons to kill just about anything and Mm -hmm. multiple weapons are super effective it's just kind of which one do you want to use or which one are you used to using but i felt like that kind of decreased the challenge a little bit when it's like okay just equip the quick quick boomerang and you can make your way through all of dr wyatt's castle no problem um right you know for for the most part, I know that's not completely true, but um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's a little bit of a bummer. But otherwise, 
like I said, well, I, I think in a way it's sort of a not really a, an adaptive difficulty, but I, I think it's it's an option that's there if you're struggling. I think, and that's the that's the nice thing about it is, um, you know, you don't feel like you're completely powerless. Like if you don't have the right weapon for the job, there's probably something else that's going to work too. Sure. So, but on the other hand, like you don't always have to do that. Like you can, it's flexible enough that you can kind of challenge yourself that you know, oh, I want to try this and see if this would work instead or something like that. Right. Uh, so this was the first Mega Man game also to have the eight pods that would teleport you to each of the bosses and make you fight them again. Oh, yeah. um, yep. You did have to fight all of the bosses again in the first game, but they were just kind of dropped in the middle of the Dr. Wily stages as you went along. This one gave you that room and it's like, here's all eight of them. You, mm-hmm. can, pick, you can pick the order, but you got to kill them all again. And so that's... And that's continued. Like the first time seeing that, like I was just like, "All right, seriously!" And then, like you, have, you realize that you have to get through all of them, like without dying. And yep, um, yeah. But then the more that you play, then you get better at it. And like, oh, it's no problem. But right, yeah, it, that was very intimidating at first. I can I can say for sure. Well, and it also adds an extra bit of strategy too, because like I said, you don't know what weapon is going to work against Doctor Wily, and as soon as you beat these eight, you fight him. Mm-hmm. and you're going to have two different forms of him that you've got to fight back to back. But it's like, okay, if I waste all of my, um, I don't know, crash bomb on uh, one of the bosses, and then I don't have enough of it for Dr. Wiley, like, well, what if that's the one I need? You yeah. know, or yep. so you, you kind of have to be strategic about not just wasting your weapons, because then you, if you get to Dr. Wiley and find out, oh, that's the weapon I needed and I'm out, well, now you've got to restart and play all eight bosses again. Um, yep. So it's a little bit of a challenge, you know? So, I mean, you really had to do it. Oh yeah. At least today. But now, I mean, Mega Man 2 is available everywhere. So I would imagine a lot more people uh, that are playing this for the first time are probably using safe states more than uh, those of us that grew up with it. Yeah. Yeah. I still just can't bring myself to do that. (laughs) I don't know. Me neither. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was playing through as prep for the show, playing through the Famicom version and it's, it's a little bit more fun and throws it off a little bit because their difficulty level is the same as in the on the u.s version you got the choice of normal or difficult Mm -hmm. um the famicom version there was no choice it was just the difficult mode yeah so it's it's a bit of a misnomer for us though because um it really should just be easy and normal right right yeah because for years like i played it on normal it's like man Mega Man 2 is the easiest of the series and then you know, after a while, then it's like, oh, okay. In in Japan, it was just a single difficulty, which is what we know is difficult. So then I started playing that. It's like, okay, I'm getting way more out of this now. Like, you know, there's a lot more strategy and, and um, skill that's needed. Right. Yeah. So it's it, you but know, I understand play- why it was added. I mean, the first one was pretty tough uh, when it came out, and a lot of magazines even said, you know, Mega Man is is no joke. I mean, it's really really tough. And I mean, it is, I think, of the whole franchise. Like, that's one of the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Mega Man 2 went a little bit too extreme. And, you know, if you're playing on the, you know, normal, air quotes, difficulty, like, yeah, it's a cakewalk. Um, but I would encourage people who, you know, have played it a lot to to play the difficult mode because that mm-hmm. is, you know, the true version. And, uh, yeah, it, it adds a little bit more challenge. Like, some things are going to do a little bit more damage to you. Um most of the robot masters take a couple more hits. Like I think Heatman now takes five with 
the bubble instead of just three, yeah. you know, things like that. But um, yeah, it's still very manageable and your strategy should be the same. It's just going to take a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I got on the other hand, like you can still play through normal and feel satisfied of getting through the entire game and beating it. And it's still, still feels good. Absolutely. You know, like, Oh man, I just played through on easy. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about this game that is one of my early memories of how great it is was um, the soundtrack and just how oh good the, the music is um, to the point where this was the first game that I actually like paid attention to music in mm-hmm. it. Um, and I remember like it was to the point of the, one of the times I was playing in the Woodman stage and just realized like that, that deep bass beat that they had in the background, like it was just so good. I actually just paused the game and went and got my little handheld cassette recorder and just recorded, you know, like a five minute long loop of the Woodman music. And then we just listen to it over and over. And I just remember people thinking like, you are crazy. You just made a tape of like video game music. And I'm right. like, look, look at us today. I'm still doing that at, you know, listen to video game music every day at work. But um, yeah, no, I totally did the same thing too, because um, at one point when I had, uh, I got a, a dual cassette mega bass, you know, Sony boom box. And when I put two and two together, that the red and white jacks on the back could be plugged into my Nintendo you know, like I got like this world of, of deep sound and bass. And yeah, I did the same thing. Like I used to record, uh, you know, games like especially on like a title screen or a sound test or stuff like that, because it was just like was awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that all of the music in this game is just absolutely incredible. Uh, all eight even stages, even like just turning on the game, like the opening theme is just so freaking awesome. Like it just it fills you with this wave of, um, I don't know what the feeling is. I guess just like awe of like, you're about to like experience this great adventure. And then it just like kicks into high gear. And you're like, yeah, all right, let's, let's fucking do this. Yeah. Yeah. That opening theme, which I started the show with, um, that's my ringtone right now. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And I mean, then each of the eight stages has great music, uh, it gets stuck in your head for days and that's a good thing. Yeah, um, for sure. And then it kicks off when you get into Dr. Wiley's stage. And I mean, I, I think that that music that was played in stage one and two of Dr. Wiley is one of the most iconic and remixed video game tracks out there. Like, absolutely. It is. Um, people just absolutely love that. And for good reason. Um, yeah. but, it's incredible, incredible yeah. music. Yeah. And that was um, one of the first things when I, I discovered the, the site OC Remix, uh, Overclock Remix back in the early 2000s. That was one of the first reasons that I was looking for video game remixes was Mega Man music. At the time, I was thinking, you know, man, like I really loved Mega Man soundtracks. And I wonder if there's anything out there. And I discovered so many different remixes and remakes of, of classic Mega Man music. Uh, like, I mean, like that site was just awesome back in the day of finding like all kinds of great tunes. If somebody out there can point me to a version of that Dr. Wiley song, and I've heard this before and I, I can't track it down. It's a really slow, like um, I think it's a solo piano version of it. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And I, I heard it once on a, I think it was a used in a podcast once. And I, I can't, I can't track it down no matter how hard I Google search. So if anybody knows who did that or where I can find that, let me know. Hmm. I may have it. I may have to look. 
Yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, music absolutely phenomenal in this game. Just one of the best things ever. Yeah, um, for sure. All right, should we talk about some regional differences here, and then maybe get yeah, into absolutely. some tips and tricks? Absolutely. Okay. So the as we said, the the Famicom version and the U.S. version are the two that I'm the most familiar with. Um, the changes were not terribly drastic. Uh, obviously, the the difficulty is different, which we already kind of went into that. There's a little bit of text that's changed here and there, some spacing and some wording. Um, but really, I mean, the, the the biggest difference is just a couple of the characters were changed. You know, the Dr. Light versus Dr. Wright um, mm-hmm. and Clash Man versus Crash Man. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know which of those is actually supposed to be the true version, because if you also look in the uh, NES instruction manual on looking at it here, pages 14 and 15, um, page 14 has the pictures of all eight monsters or all eight bosses and what, and clash man is listed as clash man. Hmm. But on page 15, it goes through the weapons and it talks about crash man's crash bomber. So even, even within the instruction book, it's listed both ways. So, I think that could almost be um, maybe when they it came over to the states. Maybe it was you know if it was Crashman, maybe somebody had thought that the R was supposed to be an L, maybe because right in Japanese most you know there's not really an L sound; it's more of an R. Right. So yeah, I and the, I think that's the Doctor Light, Doctor Right thing also. Like right. It's, right. It's the it's same letter, a mistranslation almost. Right. L's and R's are almost interchangeable in mm-hmm. most uses. So I'm guessing that's why, but it's just kind of interesting that those are mm-hmm. the two cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause clash man doesn't really make any sense. Like that would be like a robot wearing like mismatched clothes, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. which that, that didn't exist in the eighties. Everything clashed. Right. Right. Or maybe he was a fan of the clash. I don't know. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. There's, there's not a whole lot of other differences there. Um, you can do some I mean, digging. I guess you could also say, and you know, it's true of the first Mega Man too, but just the, the names of the, of the main character being, you know, sort of music based in the Japanese version, the rock man blues and, you know, stuff like that. And then here it's like, you know, it wasn't rock man. It was Mega Man. So, right. I guess that would be the biggest change, but most people know that. Yeah. It was a very American sounding thing. He's Mega Man, you know, but, Yeah, and it, it, I think that kind of plays into the whole cartooniness, like I was talking about with the cart or the box art. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of downplays the badassness of him in a way to think about like you know you've got rock and roll and bass and treble and blues and you know things like that. Like it's fun, and I had no problem with it now as an adult. But as a kid, I might have been like, well, that's kind of cheesy and corny. Like yeah, yeah, Saturday morning cartoonish. Right. Exactly. Yep. So. Yeah, the Rock Rockman versus Mega Man, obviously. Um, just the other name changes, but um, otherwise, I think the, the two games play completely identically. Yeah, um, for the most part, they're almost. Yeah, there's not really any other um, technical differences that I can think of. Box art, obviously, a big thing. And if you want to have fun, go look at the PAL version of the uh, box art. Yeah. Also, that's yeah. even better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's great that over the years that the bad box art for Mega Man has, has sort of become, I guess, sort of meme worthy, I guess in itself, but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know if you, um, cause I know you don't play a lot of modern stuff, but, um, the, the game that came out several years ago, street fighter X Tekken or street fighter cross Tekken. Uh, okay. And it had Mega Man as a, uh, DLC character, but the character portrait, you know, for like, you know, Mega Man enters the picture or whatever 
was just this fat dude in a Mega Man costume. And it was <laughs> because it was kind of a riff on the original Mega Man boxer, but it was almost like, you know, like this guy cosplaying as the bad Mega Man box art. And it was just the, you'll have to look it up sometime. It's the funniest thing. Cause it's just, you know, this morbidly obese guy in a Mega Man outfit. That's great. So, yeah. And I think that the, um, you know, the love for that has continued also because when we got the releases of Mega Man nine and Mega Man 10, a few years back, um, obviously those were digital games only. So they never had official box arts, but if you look at the, um, I guess the the icon for it on whether you got an Xbox Live or through the Wii or whatever, like it's an old school bad art like that where it's a guy in a mm-hmm. visor with a gun, and I mean they they continued yeah. that same it's great uh, you know artwork you know for the new modern Mega Man games, and you know there, there's just something fun about that, and it kind of holds true to the original franchise, and you know being a kid watching these cartridges become more and more and more cartoony, it's like that was happening as a, at the same time that I was more aware of what the Japanese character was, but I felt like with each one, something kind of got lost. Like Mega Man three was still somewhat in that in between where it was trying to look realistic, but it was still obviously Mega Man. He just had yeah. a six pack and, you know, <laughs> weird cheekbones. But right. then, yeah, by, t- by the time it was Mega Man four, it was just a cartoon, but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. We'll go back and look at like like the DOS version of Mega Man. It's it's like something out of a nightmare almost, as far as like <laughs> you know, it's like like the Pillsbury Doughboy dressed as Mega Man, and it's just freaking weird. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I just had to Google it again real quick. God, it's so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Man, I remember that game too. That was so long ago. With Sonic Man and Dyna Man and Bolt Man. Wow. It's like instead of putting any of the regular well-known robots in there, like they just had somebody just make up some shitty ones. Right. Oh, it's like a, it's like a joke in and of itself. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, and I remember. I remember by the time you know Mega Man Six came out and they were doing the contest to name a robot, and it's like, yeah, that's just proof you don't have any ideas anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, you know, it's funny. It's um, the contest actually started with Mega Man Two. It just it was Japan only. But oh, really? From Mega Man Two all the way up through Six. Um, there were, you know, they had sort of the contest to to design a, a robot, but we didn't get that until part six, actually. Yeah. So, but interestingly enough, um, there is an interview somewhere out there in the internet for Mega Man Six. Um, they interviewed the uh, the kid that um, uh, that came up with Nightman, and uh, you know, he kind of talks about it a little bit, like how his design got picked and stuff like that. It was kind of cool. So. Yeah, two of them from six were fan submissions: Nightman and. Was the was a Windman or Cloudman or no? Cloud was part seven. I don't know. I don't know who the other one was for six. Oh. Anyway, it's not it's not really worth playing, so don't worry about it. <laughs> six, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, decent. I mean, you know, like I said, four, five, and six are totally quite different from one, two, and three. Yep, they're a different uh, beast. Yeah, not that they're terrible by any means. It's just um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I guess. If if I was gonna make a Star Wars metaphor, one through three are like the classic trilogy, and Mega Man four, five, and six are kind of like the prequel trilogy, I guess. Like they have their fans; they're not terrible, but they're not great. They're not nearly as good as the first ones that you remember growing up with. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have my issues with them. We'll get there later. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, any other um, differences you know of between them, or should we start talking some tips and tricks? Yeah, I would say tips and tricks, because I can't think of any other differences, really. All right. 
Tips and tricks. So once again, we're going to go with the uh, Scott and Wes pro tips of the week for the game. Um, keep it a little bit more short and to the point. Uh, you went first last week. You want me to jump in here? This one? Sure, go ahead. All right. So what my pro tip for this week involves, uh, we were talking earlier about some of the you know interesting uses of some of the different weapons and how you really need to utilize them in order to get through some of the stages. And the one thing I was noticing through one of my playthroughs this week was um, I... F- I rely on the leaf shield in several different situations that as a kid, I just had a hell of a time getting through and realized that this is one of the best weapons in the game. Um, And it's probably one of the most overlooked weapons because I don't remember seeing a lot of friends ever really using it that much. Uh, But there Mm -hmm. are two, arguably maybe three situations in which this can be a lifesaver and get you through some very frustrating state or parts of stages. the first one, actually the first two, are both in uh, Crash Man stage. Hmm. There's there's a period where you've got to get on the little platform that moves along that white like track. Um, there's like three screens in a row of it, and each one the track gets more and more complicated. And there's those like barrel headed things that fly out from the side of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really difficult to stay on the platforms and you shoot those as they're coming. Sometimes it, they're above you and the platforms, you know, taking you underneath of them and you're going to run into them. Uh, and if you fall off of that, you've got to stand there and wait for the thing to come all the way back around. Um, so it's much easier if once you get on the platform, use the leaf shield and then just stay put. Mm-hmm. The, the leaf shield will just keep spinning around you. And as long as you don't press any button on the directional pad, it won't leave you and they can run into you. They'll die. You can just, basically take the lift and ride it all the way to the ladder. You can do that. All three screens have no problem whatsoever. Um, the The same thing will then come up later in stage four of Dr. Wily's castle. There's um, four screens in a row that have those same kind of lifts. And the second and the fourth one don't have any enemies, but the first one and third one do. They also have spikes on the bottom. So if the the track runs you into one of those enemies and sends you falling, you're going to land in the spikes and die. So once again, just equip the leaf shield, activate it, drop onto the platform. And as long as you don't press left or right, you can just keep it through the whole thing and not have to worry about getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, la- the last time I used the leaf shield that I find it incredibly useful is also in crash man stage. When you've got to climb up those like endless ladders to get up to the you know space part right before you go into fight him mm-hmm. there's those stupid birds that drop those eggs that hatch and all the little birds fly out of them mm-hmm. uh, as you're climbing up it's impossible to really hit those things and you're almost inevitably going to get hit and when you do you're gonna fall and it's just set you back it's very frustrating equip the leaf shield and either just hang there on the ladder while the little birds come to you and they'll all die or if you kind of time it and shoot it straight up above you, it'll kind of hit all of them and just kind of clear the path for you. But um, nice. something that's designed to be a more defensive item can actually be really useful in clearing out those tiny little enemies and makes frustrating spots in the game very, very easy and much more manageable. Yeah, I never thought of that. Um, you made me think of, of something in that particular section, climbing up those ladders. I've never actually used the leaf shield for that. I always use the metal blade. Mm-hmm. And I try to either I either try to throw the metal blade up above and try to hit as many as I can, or um, sometimes I just take the hit and I keep holding up so I can just grab onto the ladder on the same screen and keep going. 
Right. But, which work, which works as long as you're not too low on the ladder. Exactly. There yeah. are times you get but hit. But I've never thought it. of using them, so that's kind of interesting. And it's nice, too, because um, in that case, if any of those little birds drop anything by, when they get hit by the shield, it lands right on you. And so oh, the sure. shield the shield almost like regenerates itself as it's yeah. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I was debating which one to pick because again, I play this game so much. I've got a couple of really good tips and tricks. So if you want some other good ones, uh, hit me up on Facebook or Twitter, but um, I'll stick with that one for now. Yeah. Um, mine is more something I kind of discovered um, earlier this week playing because I, I never really gave it much thought before, but um especially in like Flashman stage and a couple other ones um, where you always fight Sniper Joe, you know, the little guy with the shield and the gun. Yep. And, um, there's a couple sections in there where Sniper Joe is in like a, uh, like a, a two legged mech or something like that. And it always seems like with the mega buster, it takes a ton of shots to bring down the, the mech. And it's usually, you, you don't always get it and it, you know, it hits you and it kind of knocks you back a little bit. And in that stage, sometimes, this game is still one of the early ones that it tends to redraw the enemies if you go off and come back. Right. So at times um, you can get stuck in sort of this pattern of spawning like two or three of these sniper Joes in the robots and you get overwhelmed really quickly. But um, one thing I found that was kind of interesting is if you equip um, airman's weapon and you fire airman's weapon um, just up into the mech, um, it's like all three tornadoes do like a combined amount of damage, like all at once. So it almost always kills the the mech in like one shot of Airman's weapon. And then that just drops Sniper Joe onto the platform and then you just fight him like you normally do. Huh. Just, uh, equip the Mega Buster and, you know, shoot when he opens up and jump over the and stuff like that. But I started using that and it made it significantly easier, especially when I was playing on difficult. Yeah, that's that's interesting and useful too because... There's a couple of stages. Um, Quick Man is a, a good example where, you know, w- when I start going down that last chamber of all of the lasers, um, I always equip the uh, time stopper, but I do my best not to use it. Right. Um, it's like your insurance policy. Yeah. Exactly. It's always there just in case I, I hesitate or slip or something. Um, but if you use it, then when you get down to the bottom, your time stopper is all wasted, so you don't have it to fight Quick Man. Um, mm-hmm. there's several of those sniper Joe mechs in that hallway leading to quick man that you kind of just have to keep killing them until you get enough, uh, weapon refills to fill up the flash. And those guys, yeah, they can be total dicks. And if you're mm-hmm. not careful, you could, you kind of, it's, 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 it's a trade-off where all of a sudden you have enough weapon, you know, to fill up your time stopper, but your health is now down to zero. So it doesn't really do you any good. So yeah, having an easier way to kill those is very useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially um, it seems like in every Mega Man game, there's always like one weapon that you hardly ever use throughout the game, and that I feel like it. that's <laughs> that's what Airman's weapon is. And so there's always that one weapon that you never think of that ends up being really, really strong in a certain situation. You know, Heat Man's atomic fire, I say, is the same thing. Yeah, um, I never use that. You no, you you I I always use you know the metal blade against Woodman, and I finally learned that if you charge up the atomic fire, you can kill Woodman in two hits. Yep. Um, now I never do that the first round because I usually do heat man after Woodman. but mm-hmm. when it goes to those eight pods there at the end, it definitely, cause I want, I want to keep the metal blade to use against Wiley. So 
yeah, use Heat Man's Atomic Fire there. But otherwise, I never touched Atomic Fire in the entire game. Um, right. I think I think it's pretty effective against the dragon. I think maybe like two charge shots kill him. Oh, really? Huh. But never um, but it's just as easy to just use quick boomerang on him. But um, yeah, yeah. Air, the air shooter is another one that's just like who ever uses that? <laughs> yep. Exactly. So so that's uh, that's my uh, groundbreaking tip. It's a good one. Yeah. All righty. So um, uh, this is the most obvious thing I've ever said. But do we recommend Mega Man Two? Uh, no. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's one of the best damn games on the system, and it's still, I mean, it's a testament to how good this game really is, is the sheer number of re-releases throughout the years. I mean, this game is still in the public consciousness as far as, um, you know, one of the greatest run-and-gun games of all time. And if you would have told me, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that Mega Man 2 is going to be remembered and going to be around for a long time, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. I mean, you know, after after the NES disappeared from store shelves and the next generation of game consoles were around, I mean, you know, there was a feeling for us growing up that the games that we loved on the previous system were, I mean, they were just part of history then at that point. And the closer that we got into a digital future and uh, a look back at, at sort of a re- retro revival sort of brought a lot of these games back into the, the public consciousness. They got new fans. And um, I just think that that's, I think it's fantastic, um, you know, for a game like this, that is so incredibly well-designed and such a labor of love that um, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's here to stay throughout you know, however many new systems come out, there's always going to be a Mega Man collection somewhere, you know, that uh, new people will, will play. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I've bitched and moaned in the past because, you know, the, the Nintendo double dipping policy of, you know, every new every new console that comes out, like, oh, I've got to repurchase the same games all over again. And so many times I get irritated that I don't know how many times I've purchased Super Mario Brothers or whatever else. And uh, you don't have to, but we always no, but, end up doing it anyway. Right. And in, in most cases, I just kind of bitch and moan about it because I think it's ridiculous. Um, but this is the one case where I think Mega Man 2 might be tied for the game I own the most copies of. And yeah. I am perfectly happy to own every single one of those copies. Um, yeah. And I mean, to, to the point where when they announced the, you know, Mega Man Legacy collection or whatever it was called for the the DS, it's like, I, I didn't bite the bullet and buy it, but I came damn close. Yeah. And, you know, if I didn't already have the Mega Man Anniversary collection, and already have all six Mega Man games downloaded for the virtual console on my Wii and on my DS. It's like, I, all right, now it's just redundant at this point, but it's like, I almost bought that one too and yeah. would not have regretted it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's no shortage of copies of this game. You know, usually at least two copies are within arm's reach at just about any time. But um, yeah, I think I actually own like three copies because I have, I have the original NES card I've got the uh, anniversary collection PS2, and I downloaded Mega Man 2 on the 3DS when it came out. But I don't own Legacy Collection or anything like that. But yeah, uh, it's funny that you know, like you said, that that we bitch and moan about you know buying a download copy. But then you know, if you if you think about it, you know, a download copy is you know four ninety nine, five dollars, three to five dollars, something like that, which is 
a, a fraction of what this game costs back in the 80s. I mean, you're talking suggested retail probably around 49.99 adjusted for inflation today probably pretty close to like 70 or 80 bucks for Mega Man 2 and you know nowadays you can get a digital copy for you know a fraction of that so right. i don't know yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a very interesting perspective when you think about things in that in that way and, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean it's it's also why i'm so anti game piracy because this stuff is available i mean you can't argue that it's not like it's available everywhere just and for five bucks i mean yeah you don't have to go to ebay and pay a scalper you know a hundred dollars for a boxed copy of it i mean you know if you just want to play it there are there are legal avenues to do so if you really are desperate it is on the iphone even (laughs) so why would you do that to anyone i would (laughs) I would never play this game without a D-pad and two buttons. But if you're if you're that desperate to play it, you, it's there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's you know it is what it is. All right, so you've heard it from us. It's one of the greatest games ever made. I have a hard time believing that it will ever fall off of my top five. Um, just damn near perfect. I can't think of any way to improve it. So yeah. if you haven't I, played I, it, I, do yourself it's probably a my series too yeah i don't know about you i'm sure you feel that way too though oh yeah i mean i've gone back and forth for 20 some years now between this and three and yeah i have have really solid reasons to say that three is just as good but it's like i honestly think gun to my head if you had to say i'm stuck on a desert island with only one of the two games for the rest of my life it would probably be two yeah so yeah i would say i i would i used to like three a lot more than two I still like three a lot, but I think knowing more of the backstory behind two's creation and, and the things like that, two is definitely my favorite, but uh, I still like three as well. So, I mean, it's again, not to, not to make a star Wars reference, I guess, but you know, it's, it's empire and Jedi and some people like Jedi more than empire, I guess, but they're both, you know, they're both part of a really strong trilogy. And so you can't really go wrong with any of them, I guess is what I'm really trying Agreed. to say. So, but on the other hand, I really like Snake Man's music from three. So, um, you know, that, that kind of pushed it over the edge for me for a while, but I don't feel like the robot designs are quite as strong in three as they are in two. Yeah. So that's right. Maybe. All right. I don't know. Well, if you want to weigh in and let us know whether, uh, Mega Man two really is the best in the franchise or if one of the others is even better, um, have a debate with us. Let us know what your, your thoughts and if they want to do that, Wes, how would they get a hold of us? Well, you know, of course, uh, we can be found on the old Facebook there. Um, we've got a group out there, the Graveyard Duck Podcast uh, group. There's quite a few people in there that uh, get a lot of good conversations going on. Um, we're on Twitter as well, at Duck Graveyard. Um, you can reach us, um, send us an email at uh, graveyardduckpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or, you know, you can you can find me at mega replay i'm sure and uh i'm sure they can find you at the local game store down there as well so yeah uh, we're around yeah so you know all right so um yeah this is this was a fun one i'm glad we got to talk about this uh, i think we got a couple listener requests coming for the next couple episodes after this so we do yeah so um if there are any any games that um that you enjoyed growing up or anything that you have a a good story to tell or a memory of um, and there's a game that you'd like us to cover um, by all means reach out to us at uh, you know any of the avenues that we just kind of listed 
uh, because we'd love to cover those games and we have to, you know, kind of share your stories as well. That's, right. that's part of the fun of the show is, you know, kind of sharing the nostalgia that we had and, you know, kind of um, living vicariously through your nostalgia as well. All right. So uh, until we get to some of those listener suggestions and uh, come back with another exciting episode in two weeks, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And just remember, the controls for Mega Man are quite simple, but true mastery takes both practice and skill. Game over.